0: Need the primer.
1: Oh, hi there. Oh, good morning, Captain. How are you? <clears throat> I'm doing well. How's everything uh, going for you today?
0: Oh, everything's great out here in San Francisco. San Francisco. Woo! I'm still running Skype 2.8, so I'll oh, bet. Oh, yeah. 2.8, yeah, that's
1: I'm, the good one. Yeah, it's the golden master. <clears throat> that's the one that you kind of, that you know, everything that's the baseline for all the the Skypes that came after.
0: Yeah, it's like the Rosetta Stone or the uh, word "perfect" or the agenda, if you like. <laughs> you
1: know, there's I'm people sorry. out there today. The Talmud, the Talmud, Talmud in your Mazel top, the vernacular of your people.
0: Yes, in the parlance of our time. <laughs> hey, thirty-eight seconds.
1: <laughs> We're, this is a record
0: for us. Ooh, the whole call swinging. this long. Ooh, that ball will roll. My oh, goodness, man. my goodness, my goodness! Wow, what a good day! <laughs> I'm having a good day,
1: man. That's good. We're recording at a new time, and I feel like a <gasps> new guy. I appreciate you sliding the time forward a little bit. Well, like you know, gentleman. I'm very busy with my uh, my papers, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a very, very busy internet professional. And you know, uh, it helps a lot. The- it means it means that I'll be able to eat prior to doing the show, which means hopefully a little bit more energy for for me. Well, first of all, I'm
0: I'm very happy to hear that because uh, I think we both understand the importance of food. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, can can I ask? <laughs> Uh, I don't know if this is you know, And I'd like to see you
1: try to do without yeah. food, man. Oh, you know, there's people who think that you can do that. Ah, uh, they think they extend their life and their livelihood.
0: Yeah, what's it called? People, people who, who starve don't eat. <laughs> right, they're they're
1: those... called like, <laughs> uh, what do you call people who don't eat?
0: <laughs> Asks Wiki Answers Idiots.
1: <clears throat> no, <laughs> do you like your new keyboard? Oh, oh.
0: Oh, oh, Dan! Isn't that fun? I I gotta put that in notes, guys, guys. Jackals. Oh, Oh, I got a photo of it. I'll put the
1: photo. Picture uh, of a guy
0: eating a very, very large burger here.
1: Boy, sometimes you don't want to see the Google images for something. Do you want the angle of it or the straight-on shot? Big burger. The one I sent you. Hang on. Here's what I'm gonna put. I think
0: I put it. Yeah, I put it on my uh, my phone. Great.
1: Oh, you sent one too. You got. You took your own.
0: Yeah, I'll put up the one that. uh, Oh God, you know. Okay, so here's what happened. Dan, who is awesome. And it sends me gifts, and I don't know why. But you sent me a, uh, an envelope, and it arrived, and we opened it up. And it is, uh, by the way, oh, wait, I should toot this. For anybody who's listening live, show notes, Dan, Dan, as long as we're deep in the stack, Dan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dan, if people wanted to see the already live show notes for episode 118 of your Back to Work program, do you have a sense of where they'd go for that?
1: 5by5.tv uh, five five slash B is in boys, 2 is in the number, W is in ladies. Slash hmm. 118. Whack-a-doodle. I learned that from Jonathan Colton. He, he, I first heard him, him
0: use that. Now, it's up there with dingus and bananas, title. Um, <laughs> you you gifted uh, transitively. You gifted, and I've been told that I've got to start saying first person. I've got to start saying active voice instead of first person transitive. Oh, of course. So I'll get right on that. You sent me you... Did the thing God, I have so many pictures of ladies that Phil Noto has drawn, I cannot find it in my computer. Oh, here it is. I don't okay, so here's what you sent me. You sent me a sheet with stickers on it. And the sheet of stickers you peel off, and it's each one of them is a sticker that goes on, that fits precisely, as long as your daughter doesn't do it, fits precisely onto the keys for a, an apple uh wireless keyboard that is true and it's thematic mhm I, I think it might be a little bit non canonical and probably out of copyright but could yeah <laughs> you i ch- don't
1: i don't think there's i think there's a lot of copyright violations going on on etsy as a whole you're saying a deal was not struck i i would i would say no cuz i don't see any copyright symbols or trademarks mm-hmm. or anything on anything but mhm you got the Punisher for letter P, you got every, Spidey every, for well, S.
0: At a high level, what we're looking at here, boy, have I got a lot of tabs open. Jeez Louise. Um, what it is, is it's a sheet and, and you pull out the sheet of tiny stickers or, you know, keep key, key size stickers. And um, somehow I lost the descriptive part of my titles. Dog buns. Um, how will I describe this? Anyway, it's in notes, I'll fix that. So, so you pull up the sheet and it's got all these stickers and it basically looks like a keyboard because each sticker is a superhero-related sticker that where possible maps to a letter. So pop quiz, W. W Wolverine. Little adorable Wolverine. As, as you say, P. P is Punisher. Boy, she got that one way wrong.
1: I know, oh. I don't know what that is. That looks like... It looks like it's one of those cheap rings you would have bought back in the <gasps> 80s. Like out of a gumball machine. Out of a it gumball looks, machine as a Like a kid. child biker? Yeah. Like I'm a, I, or or if you went to like the Halloween store and bought your 7-year-old a biker costume, <laughs> it would have that <laughs> ring in it. It's not I any, it's not anything.
0: Period. Yeah. It was right after Urban Cowboy. You had the child biker <laughs> Kmart suit. Yeah. Another great guy to buy voices EP. And so you've got, well, it's uh, a couple other ones here. T for Thor, you got a hammer. Now, is that canonical R for Robin? Is that what that is? Is that Robin? I, I guess it is, yeah. You know, I'm reading Dark Knight Returns. Oh, Knight good. Red- you've never What's read it? Never read it. Never read it. I it always, I'm not going to say put off, but the look of it was very intimidating to me. and It seemed like it was about TV. But boy, really it starts
1: out. It does seem like it's about there's a television. lot of and there's a lot of TV in it.
0: Yeah. And like the what? Not the. There's no definite article like Watchmen uh, where they use that <laughs> nine panel grid. Mm-hmm. They, they've got a very strict grid. The the Miller. His name is Miller, right?
1: Miller. Frank Miller. Is that who made it? Yeah, Frank Miller made that. And Frank Miller, you know, as usual, I mean, this great. there are rules.
0: Did you know that this is not nom? Did you know that most people's names indicate occupations or hair color? Did you know that? Explain. Mm, you, got, you, got, you got Millers. Can you guess what somebody named Miller used to do? They're their ancestors.
1: Uh, they would tend a mill. Um,
0: bah, bell's in the wrong place. Dan, <laughs> I got pin particles all over my desk. Um, okay, what about a Cooper? What about somebody named Cooper? What they, would they do?
1: Made barrels. They would make a, uh, you know, a coop for chickens. Coop, a chicken, chicken cooper. Chicken coop, coop it up. Chicken, chicken cooper, they called him. <laughs> old chicken cooper. <laughs> old what gil. About a, I thought you were going to go into your old gill. Gil.
0: It's this one. Oh, <laughs> Harriet Nyborg. Uh, please listen close. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. All right. Um, Boy, this is a deep stack. You got uh, 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 a okay, oh, uh, Fletcher. You know what somebody named Fletcher? What'd they do?
1: This is different from F- Felcher.
0: They watch. They watch. <laughs> they watch the movie Fletch a lot. Wow, cute uh-huh. picture. A line skirt by Hulk. What oh, you I like that. You? I love an A line. Um, and uh, that's inappropriate. And so uh, <laughs> other there's other ones like that. Now you hear a name like Weisskopf, which is German. I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. That means that means white white hair, I believe, or white head. So as you can see, now Benjamin means. Now, who was it? Was that David's brother?
1: Oh, Dave- uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, come on! I don't keep up with it. My god, Dan! I had to get you a new Methuselah. It's um, pronounced Mizzza. Mmm. To life, and then even for all the little meta keys you <laughs> that's, got, in, that's different. It's totally different. Yeah.
0: Hi. You got uh, the caps is a says Bamf, and that's my favorite character, you know, Nightcrawler. Right. It says snicked for the shift key. Anyway, you can see this in show notes uh, and thank you so much for that. Now, here's the thing. We open that up. You open that up in front of a five-year-old and you show them, what what would that be? Probably maybe 50 or 60 tiny stickers. Tiny little stickers, yeah. It's just like opening the Lego sets. Mm -hmm. And they want to grab one piece and I'm like don't touch even one piece or we'll never make the land speeder we couldn't yeah. make the land speeder because there's one little brown dingus she thought was funny and now luke can't have a windshield you know what that does to your eyes you need steampunk goggles for that <laughs> anyway thank you for that it is really beautiful we have stan we have so much i love it so much but she i she loved doing it so much and i sat there uh, like a like a like an anal retentive mother hen mm-hmm. and because you know you know you know how i am dan i don't make a big deal out of things no but, not you and I don't even use this keyboard very much, hardly at all. I use it. Oh, how about "Why the Last Man"? Check that out. You yeah, that's cool. "Why the Last Man"? Mm-hmm. That's that's nice. Look at the U though. Look at that U. Look how look how bent it is. It's not on right at all. Oh, that's gonna drive me crazy. So I sat there and I would let her do it, and then I would fix it because I am am like Marco and his expensive car. Oh, I don't man. put anything on the car. I don't like if I put a sticker on something. It took me two hours to put that X Men sticker on my on my computer. <laughs> It's a nice one. It's the red and black classic one. <laughs> and I'm in a lot of pain right now, Dan. And so anyway. Oh, how's your pinch? I, you know what? I We're not going to get into it. No, anyway, we have to. Thank you so much for doing that. This Now it makes me want to use this keyboard, although sometimes my finger touches the edge and it freaks me out a little bit. Spider-Man looks. Look at Deadpool. Deadpool for D. Yeah,
1: I thought and, you'd like that one. Did you get these off the Etsy? Is that what you said? Yeah, they're on... Um... I'd have to, you know, look it up.
0: I thought Etsy was only fingerless gloves and things made out of pubes. Do they they have (laughs) stickers? You can buy stickers on there, too.
1: (laughs) I heard Regretzi was going down. Is that true? I don't. You ever go to Regretzi? (laughs) Okay, hang on. I got the, uh, I got this. Yeah. Let me find this. There it is. Yeah. They call it, well, he's got, apparently he's got different kinds. There's the MacBook. Oh, the differences. Oh, okay. Yeah, they get, he's got three different ones on here. Four different ones. Regretsy is a
0: site where people curate interesting, which is to say, awful things that they have found on Etsy. And I, I think the motto of the site, at least, used to be, "What did you make that with your feet?" And, and it includes. I've seen a lot of things made of pubic hair on here, Dan. I'm not going to lie to you. Really? Well, yeah, enough. You know, pubic hair. Like your own one of those... stuff that you've contributed, or? No, 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 no. I uh, I go Brazilian, <laughs> and I don't mean beef. Or do I? I don't. Stack is getting deeper. We got a lot to talk about, Dan. It's been a big week. We've got a long
1: a time since the last time we uh, talked. Yeah. No, we were it doing has, like a show a every time.
0: other every every couple days. Every day we're doing a show. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I got got a good Gwen Stacy I posted. Um okay. So uh, everything is in its right place, as Tom York says. And <laughs> so uh how's your week? Good week? Very good so far, yeah. I'm having a great week. I'm back from camping. Um, I'm in a lot of pain and I've done a fair amount of prep for this one. So I'm feeling pretty good.
1: Okay. I love the ones where you prepare a lot and then you read from the card at the end. Mm.
0: Well, I am a hundred percent. God, that's a really cute picture of that girl with the Hulk. I want to put that away. Um, <laughs> the, um, uh, yes, I, here's the thing. And here's my plan. I'm not going to share this with the audience, but my plan is that we have a topic that we can always fall back on. If we get sick of shucking and driving. oh okay, it's a really weird topic, Dan. I don't even quite know how to describe it, but it's a, a, a unified uh, field theory of creativity. Now, Dan, I don't know if you had a chance to look at the preview notes, but you can see a, um, a schematic that I did to help explain this process. Mm-hmm. The show notes
1: are live, by the way, for people who are listening to us live. You can go there now and see them. Yeah. What do What do you think of that drawing? You like that? I don't. I don't feel that I'm that I fully understand it. So I'd like Mm-mm. to hear more about it. Okay. We got a lot of follow-up first. Is that all right? Is that oh, okay? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can I do
0: some follow-up? Please. And and, and actually is in the Syracusean sense follow-up, which ironically enough, uh, begins with some Syracuse follow-up. As you know, uh, Dan, John Syracuse knows a lot about flu shots.
1: He does. He does a lot of the Twitter Twitter is all you know It's a it's a Twitter. It's a light. It is it's, it is. It's uh it's, it's a bird,
0: it's a plane. And so um with, with help from uh, some of our uh some of our, our, our friends on, on the tutor, I was able to go back and to the best of my knowledge, find the place where John Syracusa, let's be honest, kind of barely sort of, but not really slightly potentially misstated what a flu shot did. I think he says in the following episode as follow up that he, he wasn't really, I guess, paying attention to what he was saying, but it did appear for a moment that he thought flu shots could cure literally anything. And so uh, I took the liberty. I hope you don't mind this. I know it's your copyrighted uh, audio. Mm-hmm. It's your network. But I, I went in and, and did a little slice. I call it Slice and Dice. Where can we uh, find that?
1: Is it in the that's it's in, show to- notes,
0: it's in show notes and you can also find it on the Kung Fu Gripe is where I posted it. And it is from Hypercritical number 38, virtually spotless, October 14th, 2011. Can I,
1: may I play this now?
0: I Actually, I would love it. Right. I would love. Is that okay? You can always cut it out.
1: No, we'll never cut it out. Here it is.
0: Are you set up for that?
1: Yeah. Here it comes. Give it a second. It's low. sound good. You sound well. Yeah, I haven't gotten sick yet, but I'm, I'm getting there. Well, you have kids. Kids are out in the world. They it's catch that time of year.
0: Everyone in the family has a flu shot now, I think, except for me.
1: Oh. How effective are those? I've heard uh, different things about the <laughs> efficacy of uh, the flu shot. I, I can't tell from year to year. I've, I've been getting them
0: pretty much since I've had kids, and I haven't noticed a big difference i still always get a cold or several of them during the winter oh that's a cold know, that's not the so flu. I was like, well maybe it would be worse you know i i can't tell the difference i don't think a flu
1: shot the flu. does anything for a cold and you can <laughs> yeah tell. you
0: probably don't believe medicine works either
1: so. no of course i do <laughs> but i'm saying why would a flu shot protect you from the, the cold well it's just
0: protecting you against one particular strain of virus and so maybe you don't get that strain if you get the flu shot but there are other strains i guess they're less severe i don't know sometimes they make the flu shot wrong where they try to Predict what strain it will be, and they get it wrong. But I figure it's better than nothing.
1: No, it's. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying <laughs> I wouldn't expect any protection from the common cold from a flu shot. I don't know.
0: I I still get sick during the winter, but I survive. Flu's not so, a cold, dude. You ready for some follow up? <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> uh, it's,
1: it's not a cold, dude. Oh, I just crazy. it's. it's it was perplexing to me because here's, it's like when you you know you know somebody you know they're they're quite smart, yeah, and and either they know something that is so fundamentally different from everything else that you've been led to believe and they're right, or they're so wrong on this one thing that it, what do you do? How do you mitigate that into the rest of your worldview?
0: Perplexing is exactly the word for it because here's the thing. Let's just stipulate. Step minus one, okay? <laughs> if you only learn things you already know, you're not really learning, right? I think a lot of people don't understand this. True. And so st- step zero is you have to go and try to learn things you don't know. Now, the problem is it is perplexing because John Syracuse is so smart. He knows about cars. He knows from waiting online. He knows all of these things. <laughs> and he's such, he has so much expertise in these areas that I'm, I'm naturally open, literally wide open right i'm a facing i'm like i'm i'm wide open <laughs> to anything that he has to share with me so apart from my nerve i feel pretty good but anyway if anybody wants to go uh, i guess you've already listened to it now but anyway it's not it's not quite as bad as i remember but it's still pretty great
1: it's i mean all you know those episodes it's number 38 that's when it was really really riding high oh that that's like that's like there that's like your number 7 that's yeah of of this and did you <clears throat> i think let me just check this before I before I speak out of turn. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this is true. Talk about proof of providence. Hmm. Pipeline episode seven is <laughs> the, 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 the like Merlin me? Man episode. The,
0: in the genesis of now that we have our heads completely up our respective asses, mm-hmm. that's also
1: the origin of that's fine for Merlin. Right, and... The vocation wheel is episode number seven, which is the last good episode we've had here. Creepy. I know.
0: Man, we need to get back on our game. Pimp Particles.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so, that,
0: so that's in there. <laughs> you said that last time, Skype cut off. Uh. Ah. Yeah.
1: Did it happen this time?
0: Nope. I blame Homeland Security and Skype. I'm on a very, very old Skype. I'm, I'm clinging to it. You got the last lights. good one. Yeah, I did. It's like, uh, like Persimmons. I don't know. Um, another piece so that's follow up uh, John Syracuse thank you for being a good sport uh, and uh, and so uh, John has a lot to share that should probably be a new podcast on the Marco Network just John literally just John talking to us he could he could get a rubber duck as they call it in programming mm-hmm. uh, or a cardboard cutout he could have somebody there who's his quote unquote co-host quote, unquote mm-hmm. and he could just talk about flu shots every week
1: mm-hmm. that's a freebie they can have that right they can run with that yeah yeah well, Kung Fu gripe.
0: yeah there's a lot of a lot of pictures, and by the way, you know, I also it is actually Phil Noto who illustrated that Avengers Origins book I was talking about. Oh, really? Oh, boy, can he draw a wasp? Whew. Okay. Other bits of follow up. Um, in episode one one six of the Back to Work program, um, we did a. Let me check. Dog buns. A seventy two minute spot talking about text expander. <laughs> yeah. By my clock, we did. <laughs> Eventually, the alarm just broke. The batteries died, but uh, and, and in that, I mentioned a, a very silly, wide-ranging um, bunch of text expander snippets that I used, and some people on the tutor were uh, interested in seeing them. Particularly, uh, the HTML5 embed code, uh, which is you know actually really simple. Uh, the the better YouTube link, so that's in show notes. Uh, you can go. I don't know if you've seen that, Dan. You can go and. It shows you things like the embed code. It shows you how to put in. Oh, how to <laughs> this American? I hope they never find this out. This American Life has like a hidden link where before the show actually goes live, you can. I'm sure people do this with your shows too, which is wrong. Shame on people. They will try but to you,
1: guess the the URL. You mean?
0: Well, yeah, it's usually pretty easy. Like you know, people do that with Roderick on the Line. God bless them. But but in this case, you can go in and enter in this URL. And so I all I have to do is fill in the three digits that are the episode number Mm -hmm. and if the mp3 is there it'll grab it for me Mm. also two really important ones in here these um i I simplified these to make it you know from my byzantine include system uh gmail that i received today that is important and unread Mm. Which I say, G day one, I type for that, okay. which is great. I mean, I live in that. Just show me stuff from today that's important and unread. Um, and then when I'm ready to really do some serious processing, <clears throat> show me Gmail that is important and starred from the last 10 days, G star 10. And so you can change those to be whatever you want, but those are great. <clears throat> I also added in the uh, form for I think you're thinking of, which defaults to Sigourney Weaver, uh, three hours dungeon, which points to a video of Lemon Grab, and of course, Way of the Future. So that is in show notes text expander for snippets. And I would just remind people that there are repositories and whatnot out there so you can find out how uh, people like Dr. Drang and Brett Terpstra do uh, snippets. Dr. Drang is an excellent example. Oh my of that. God, that guy. He's, you know, he's an aged man. Remember that old cartoon, you know, the old uh, comic about... Uh, Barney know, sorry, Google. Barney Google. Barney Google. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Hillbilly's a little bit ping pong. Yeah, it's yeah. A great, isn't that a great word that's got a nice mouthfeel hillbilly hillbilly Hillbilly. my people are hillbillies i'm allowed to talk like that yeah yeah i got a right to be angry my people have been persecuted floridian floridian uh but boy he you know that old uh <clears throat> comic uh i can't can't go to bed somebody's wrong on the internet i like that one he wrote like a seven thousand word blog post about about how i was doing my text expander wrong oh really Well, here's the thing. Dr. Drang is an engineer and a very, very old man. And so what he'll do is... He's got lots of time. He's in retirement mode. Oh, you think he's like like Commissioner Gordon or the African-American guy in the uh, Mel Gibson movie. He's this close to retirement. That's what I'm thinking. You know that trope of the guy who... uh, uh, Spoiler alert, Dr. Drang. The guy who ends up getting shot like the day before he retires.
1: That's... Yeah. Okay. Isn't that what happened...
0: Yeah, I haven't gotten all the way. Don't spoil it for me. But actually, I just got to the part where Commissioner Gordon uh, hands it over to that uh, Weasley person. <sighs> what do you think of that Robin? That girl Robin. She has a slingshot.
1: I, you're ruining it. Oh, sorry. Um, that girl Robin. That, you know what? Why don't you, why you still tell him the end form? now? Why don't oh, you go and tell him the end? Tell him what happens to Superman. Yep, no, Superman's uh, in it he, too.
0: He's 55 and fat. Now, the white dog in that, I think, is not crypto. I think that's Batman's dog. But my daughter thinks it's crypto. And no, I did not let her read the whole thing. I just showed her selections.
1: I think she could read that. She's quite mature for her age.
0: Wow. She uh, drowns the mutant. When he drowns the mutant guy in the mud and cracks his bones. He should have stopped at the leg, but he didn't. Spoiler. Bong. Okay, moving on. So they got that and they got that. Uh, Is this okay so far? This this gets cut off. Oh, 12 minutes? This is nothing. Um, I mean, most of this won't air. Okay. I think that's just as well. I think really, you know, like I say, there's that old, um, what is it? Uh, not PHP, BB. One of them, I told you they got a bit in one of the forums uh, software things called Tacky Goes to Coventry, which is where you flip a bit and uh, some some butthole guy, excuse me, uh, some citizen of the board uh, who's being kind of a tool, they can post as much as they want. Nobody but them sees their posts. Right? Mm-hmm. It's really it's really passive-aggressive, but you could do that for me. You could set, you know, they call it IP filtering, where I would think that our shows are up. Right. And that would make me so happy. I could <laughs>
1: send you just,
0: and just you would see that. That's right. Yes, that's right. You could do uh, UDP or TCP or uh, Mac Prefs DNS. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really need to throw that out uh, and then empty the trash every time you want to start a new podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, this is, we're getting more and more reflexive. We've got like a mirror behind a mirror.
1: Okay, so. Do you know that that nobody sees, when you look in the mirror, nobody else sees that, just you? What if you look at an angle? No, I mean, just you, you're the only one that ever sees that. Like, uh, what you see in the mirror, that's not what other people see when they look at you. How do you know? It's a fact. From where? Look it up. Hmm. That's not what they see. What you see in the mirror is you reflected back. That's not what other people are going to see. And this mirror. isn't like, do you see that when you see blue, do you see the same color as the next guy? I'm so that. high right now.
0: I'm going to just Google for mirror facts and I'm going to bookmark these. I'm going to Instapaper all of these and read them. Um, huh. You know, well, one thing you can tell that I'm i I'm a dude because I never look at the back of my head. Um, Who I, I, wait a minute. Well, you know, when you comb your hair, you're supposed to comb all your hair.
1: Oh, you so just I, comb the front
0: part? I, I never think about having uh, a back of a head. I, it just never occurs to me. So I, now I'm an older man and I know you know how to keep myself. Hmm? So so I'll, I'll pat it down a little in the back, but I'm not one of those people. I know that when you're applying hair product, always start in the back and use less than you think.
1: Do you use hair product at all, Dan? Yes. Butch wax? <laughs> or, uh, I'm, not, I'm not familiar n- with that one. Should I Google that? Google butch wax. Butch wax. Yeah, it's a form of uh, dry gold. Oh, shower. look at that! Yeah. Okay, so no, I've never I, tried that one, but I like I like the images that came back. I was in the shower this morning, as you do. And uh, how often and do a, you shower? I shower
0: almost every day, what whether I need it or not. To
1: not. Shower? I'm very busy. It's like you get busy, you don't shower.
0: Well, yeah, but the the part that's really, as you say, perplexing is that I I might get out of the shower and put on the same clothes I was wearing before. Yeah. <sighs> I think I'm a little superstitious, Dan, like Einstein. Um, and in a minute, I'm going to explain how I'm able to capture notes in the shower. Okay. Yeah, big pencil. Uh, but it occurred to me in the shower as I was coming Is that up. A it's, euphemism? Like, it's a euphemism for the 30 pounds that I lost. I have just very, very informally, I think this needs to be a wiki. Right now, it's a flat page on uh, 32A on, uh, on, on Dropbox that I'm calling the back to work media survival guide. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at this. Mm-hmm. It's in, uh, it's in the show notes. And what I've done is I've started just writing down. I'm the ju- guys. I'm just getting started back to work media survival guide. And this is things to which we make reference upon there unto here on the program. Yeah. Okay. And, and, um, <clears throat>
1: I've it's started a, pr- a primer, a prep
0: prep course. Yes. As you say, a primer, uh, Big Lebowski, Glenn, Gary Glenn, Ross Aviator, Shining, Adventure Time, Caddyshack, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Alien, Simpsons. <laughs> We're referring to The Simpsons. That's novel. Uh, Mr. Mom, The Fly, Fantastic Mr. Fox. And I'm, I'm taking suggestions from people. I think this would be good on a wiki. Uh, I don't think anyone knows the password for our wiki anymore. Is that right?
1: Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's, if that's knowable. Yeah. Hmm. I, I, our wiki Oh, look page. at this. You've got the video, the video part of the, um, the Shining uh-huh. and, and everything linked up here. This is beautiful. Yeah, this needs yeah. to be a one-page site and responsive. You know.
0: Oh, sure. We could put this on. Uh, we could do do this on a uh, on a Squarespace. That's not a sure. bad idea. We could. Collaboration would be nice on
1: this because
0: anyway. So if be only flat. there was a
1: place we could go to get a cool image that we could use le- legally at the top of of this new website we'll be designing.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let me understand. Let Dan, <laughs> let me understand what you're asking. <laughs> I used to be able to do accents. I remember that yeah. into right into your shoe. I tried to do a BMO accent, and it was alternately inscrutable and offensive yeah. and undeterminable. It sounds like I might have been offending everybody who isn't me in the entire world. You know, BMO, BMO's trying to have a baby now.
1: Really? I didn't see that. Yeah. God BMO, bless
0: BMO Lost is the, that's about where we're at.
1: Anything from the, from the Koshi kingdom?
0: So here's what you're telling me. You're telling me. If I understand this correctly, you're telling me that there is something called the World Wide Web where you can put information, and if you want, you can take a graphical image, if you like. It could be, I'm guessing, like a, a it could be a photo, a vector, a video, anything like that. You can put it on a page. How would you do that and still be in compliance?
1: I think you need to actually go and buy the image, a legitimate purchase. And there is a company that uh, that does this. Are you familiar with the company? Little company, little upstart called uh, shutterstock
0: shutterstock those guys don't nickel and dime you do they
1: they don't they have over 20 million stock photos vectors illustrations video clips and more and you can go there you can search for it you want when i was sick a few weeks ago merlin went there i don't know what you searched for i think i looked for sick children you came back with a gallery of sick children and you created a gallery which they call a light box allows you to put all of these different images together and you shared this with me and, and with our listeners
0: The Lightbox, the the iOS app (laughs) for this is really, really fun to use. I always say that, but um, when I saw that Shutterstock was uh, very kindly sponsoring um, this episode, it took me, I mean, I hope this doesn't sound like faint praise or silly, but I went in and it took me about four minutes to make a Lightbox. A, to make a Lightbox about camping, and then to B, uh, share it on the internet. So see if that link works. I think it should work. If you go to show notes and click on my uh, camping Lightbox, that should take you... To all the photos. So, if you're collaborating with somebody to find images for the World Wide Web or a tote bag, you can go. I like and that the second image is actually you. <laughs> this is doing this. Is, show. These are snapshots, <laughs> at least in my head, of what it was like camping this weekend. There's a grizzly bear growling. There's a parking lot. There's a bunch of people about to catch on fire. There's some awesome Wes Anderson. You know, it's funny, you always talk about the vectors. The vectors are some of the coolest stuff. They in really here. are. They're awesome. And because, uh, you know, it used to be you wanted to buy icons from the place and you go and you get icons and they're all goofy looking and look like Pac-Man. These are beautiful. I mean, Wes Anderson could be proud of these just tents. And then there's a man who's losing his mind. So snapshots. Yeah. We basically, Dan, just for what it's worth, I don't want to derail this, but, and they didn't tell us to say this, but basically we were in a parking lot and we basically, our campground was a parking lot with grass and then you go on the grass and make a tent.
1: But that it was doesn't, good. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't mind that, but that doesn't feel like but, camping.
0: They call it car camping. Um, and, uh, and there was a store and a bouncy and a donkey and uh, not in that way. And it was really, really fun and easy. And uh, I put our uh, inflatable uh, mattress in show notes because it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But it took me just a few minutes. No, no. If I could ask you, Dan, when you go to show notes at uh, at uh, Boys to Wackadoodle slash one eighteen, if you click on that, does that take you to a page with the images? Yeah, that's what that'll do. So I'm sharing my light box, right? I think that's kind of And that's
1: cool. what you do. And if you were, for example, if you were working as a designer or on a team or working and you have a designer and you say, I want you to integrate these, it works any way that you want it to work. You just put these light boxes together, your favorite pictures and stuff go in there. They got the iPad app, like Merlin said, they got 24 hour support if you need it. And you get a dedicated account rep who'll help you out. It's all free to do all the stuff that we've been talking about. You don't have to give them a credit card. And when you are ready to make a purchase, ready to buy something. Now, we have different codes, but th- this is the code that's on the sheet in, in front of me. Dan sent me five. Dan sent me and then the number five. 30% off. Of 30% mm-hmm. off So what you're gonna
0: get. I, uh, I have one tip. I've mentioned this tip before, but I think, you know, I'm a big believer in the whole, like, um, capturing stuff at the right time and then putting it someplace where you can use it later. You know, mm-hmm. the outboard brain kind of idea. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when I was a more graphical uh, person for my vocation, I would always keep what I've heard some people call a morgue. Or, you know what I mean? Like, kind of like a scrapbook of stuff that was really cool. Like, I'd find some, like, cool vintage... I was I used to be really into, like, those 1940s, like, line art things that were really popular for a while. You know, like a guy with a megaphone or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so I would always keep those in this folder... Well, where I could just like have all of the stuff that I like. You're sending me things and it's confusing me. Um, and so that's what you can do here. This the morgue, not in the dead way, mm-hmm. but you can have light boxes where every time you come across an image, when you're in your repose, looking at your iPad on the Shutterstock app, uh, you find an image you like, you could throw it into the someday list or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like in that way, you go, oh, I know, I know we're going to need like, uh, you know, like again, white guy shaking hands or maybe a tent on fire or a grizzly bear these could be good images for me, you know? And because a lot of times when you go in and do these things, you're under the gun, you know, you're in a big hurry to try and get things done. But if you, if you're spending time with this, why not capture these into a light box that you can return to later? costs mm-hmm. you anything, as you say, no credit card. Uh, it's a great service, fantastic app. And uh, we love having them here. So it's um, how many percent off? 30% 30, off. 30, three, Shoo! zero. Back to work five yeah. is the code. And so our thanks to Shutterstock for supporting Five by Five and back to work. <clears throat> like I got dry mouth, <clears throat> a little Ooh, bit of dry mouth. I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't eat. I didn't eat. Why camping? It was. It was. It was fun. It's a little frustrating. Mm. I. <clears throat> I have a uh, what's the kind of programming? There's a different kind. You know, the different kinds. You got the object oriented. What's the old school kind? A procedural. Procedural. What do you call it? Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's what I have, but like, I I really like to think things through and it's hard for me to relax sometimes. I don't think this is aviator syndrome, but it might be. It's a little bit aviator. I really like to think things through and then consider contingencies and prepare accordingly. Mm -hmm. And then if I don't get to do that, I get really weird and frustrated. So I was a little weird and frustrated for some of the trip. Basically, I felt like I was setting up or breaking down or cleaning up something almost the whole time, Mm -hmm. but it was really fun. We made bacon. Bacon outside, boys. That is a that's a goodie. Yeah, filled the entire car with stuff. We had linens. Uh, we had uh, we had a camp stove. Even though there was there was literally a, a shop and a kitchen right there,
1: <laughs> like a like a shop, like a store you go buy stuff. It was it's
0: kind of like going and staying at your parents' house, mm. except you're you're in a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on camping. Dan, I overprepare sometimes. I don't know if you know that. For this show? Or for no. your other the other show no. you do? No, I overprepared the for the one. incomparable podcast, and I think I did kind of a terrible job. Oh, really? Is that out yet? Yeah. No, I'm kind of embarrassed. I think it I don't know if it went well. Let's see if I don't it, think if I don't think hit. I'm I i do not think I have the right personality for that show. And it's kind of breaking my heart a little. So how is it that I'm able to write these things down in the shower? Now, as you know, sometimes I will come across I call it my tech, uh and uh <laughs> One important piece of my, my kit or my tech, as I like to call it. Have you seen these things called
1: Aqua Notes? This is, is real. It's the thing, it's like a little whiteboard with a waterproof.
0: I've had that. You can get a dive board,
1: like the a dive, board. dive board. A dive board. Dive board. I like to use a dive board when I'm underwater. Diamond down. Diamond down. Um, get no, an idea it's... when you're snorkeling, you're jotted down. <laughs> 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 I got to tell you how many times you've been underwater, blowing the
0: air <laughs> out of your snorkel looking at a clownfish, and you're thinking, I got a million-dollar idea. <laughs> Let me stop you there. Um, yeah. It's in the notes, aqua notes. Now, this is the same kind of deal like the write-in-the-rain notebook. This is so weird, and it's so cool. You get this little notebook. It's <clears throat> excuse me, maybe about like four inches by four inches or so, and it's just a pad of paper, except that the paper is waterproof, and it's got little suction cups on the back. You stick it onto your shower. It comes with a pencil, as you do... <laughs> And, and uh, you can write. I can take a photo of this and send it to you. I wrote in the. Okay, so, I liter- so, wait a
1: minute. It's a waterproof notepad, but it looks like paper. It looks like paper, but it's real, real, real glossy.
0: Now, if it gets like sopping wet, the entire pad, it feels like it sticks together. But you can, you know, basically that you can you know, through through the pages, and uh, it's real easy. It's got a little tear off at the top, and so uh, I'll put this in notes. This is real. Yeah,
1: and it's really great though because honestly, I'm serious. If I didn't <laughs> this is in- like one of those things you'd see in the back of a comic book. That's like <laughs> you know, and then next to the thing with the the, the sea the, monkeys and soldiers. Yeah, and the big guy who kicking sand on the wimpy guy. Charles
0: and, Atlas X-ray. And
1: Star. and listen, if you scroll down to the bottom of this page, here's what customers who also bought they bought uh, right in the right in the rain weatherproof tactical clicker pen. The that dream farm tappy fountain rubber cap.
0: Ooh, what's the person doing? Bed, bed,
1: bed prism, prism spectacles. spectacles. And the novelist at work warning sign <laughs> that you would post on the outside <laughs> of your door. It says, Warning, novelist <laughs> at work. Bystanders <Last laughs> may
0: be written into the story. I bet you're not published. And then if you I hit to the right arrow, you've got the. Published novelists <laughs> don't have novelty signs. <laughs> genius at work (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to be crazy to work here but it helps
1: they keep going and you'll see the color changing showerhead nozzle with rainbow led lights that cycle every two seconds the amco one-step corn kerneler and the joe (laughs) bar plaid dust mop slippers you're making that up Keep going going. amco (laughs) one-step corn cob (laughs) (laughs) kerneler
0: look at that and the
1: the Three and J- a half stars, going downhill. Look at that, <laughs> and I'll the Jobar slippers. plaid dust mop slippers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like Think Geek for shut-ins. Yes. Did you ever get those catalogs? Remember those catalogs when you were a kid? It's got stuff like like sh- like shower caps and uh you know uh God, this is weird. Yeah, it's so weird. I'm sorry I even said it. Anyway, that Aqua Notes thing doesn't that look clever? <laughs> yeah.
1: <clears throat> anyway, I'm so well prepared, Dan. I could use that while laying on my back using the bed prism spectacle.
0: <laughs> Your Amco one-step corn kerneler. Yeah. <laughs> Can I be honest with you? Please. How many times has this happened to you? You want to kernel some corn, but you procrastinate because you you know there's going to be two, three, five, seven steps to kerneling the corn. Amco has found a solution. They call <laughs> it the one-step corn kerneler. <laughs> You should, I'm going to, I'm going to urban dictionary that because <laughs> corn, corn kernel. Corn mm-hmm. kernel. Anyway, lots of good follow-up. Um, I, I thought I'd share that, you know, because uh, that's been really good for me. <clears throat> I have lots and lots of other stuff, but we should probably talk about a topic. I have, that's 28 minutes. We're all right. We had hit, hit the four, three last time before we uh, ended yeah. anything. I've mentioned this uh, in passing uh, I've not mentioned this kind of in not passing in at least two episodes. Have you seen Slugline? I don't, I'll say no. Okay, slugline.co. Um, I know Markdown, but uh, Slugline is this amazing app that I know Stu Meshwitz was involved. I think John August was involved. I, I should get this, get my facts correct here. I know Stu was involved. So um, basically, there's a, a kind of a, I guess, a fork of Markdown. That, uh, that that called. Oh no, no! I'm going to feel really bad that I don't remember it. That allows you to use Markdown like uh, Fountain. That's right. Fountain is the name of the format, and so it's a Fountain screenplay format. So basically, uh, it allows you to do. How can I put this? Okay, you think about how HTML is and how Markdown takes these elements of HTML that you end up using a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, I mean, you you know, you don't use figure. As much as you use like ordered list, right. for example, sure. or on- <clears throat> and so, ditto here. It's a uh, you know screenwriting, uh, you know the actual format of a screenplay is very well defined. I mean, it's there's not that many different things you can have, and so this uses a a kind of a, it's markdown, but it's just been hacked on to where you can format your screenplay very easily. In this, you don't have to touch that atrocious final draft. Uh, app until you really have to, it will export to that and so forth. But um, and so Slugline is an app that they made for a beautiful, gorgeous, fun to use app for making a screenplay. And what's neat about it is, first of all, I mean, it works great. It's very, as they say, minimal, but it has neat features. Like when you have like Act One of your, you know, what you're writing, a- and then you have scenes inside of it, it catches what those scenes are. So you can see an outline. You could even outline your whole screenplay before you fill it all in. But as you know what I mean, as you go, it just makes it. It's really easy to use, and of course, it's plain text. It makes a dot fountain file, which is you know equivalent to like a dot md in many ways. You can um, you could open up in TextMate or Sublime Text or whatever. But anyway, I want to give those guys a plug because I think it's a terrific app, and it's I don't know in a variety of ways. I think it's really cool when you're, I mean. Final Draft, I think that's what it's called. It's it, it's it's like the Microsoft Word of screenplays. Like nobody likes using it. You've certainly heard people in you know the industry talk about how horrible this app is to use. They don't update it. You know what I mean? And it's it's a real pain. It's not fun to use. Yeah. Um, and this app is uh, is just terrific. Uh, you can get the kind of you know official uh, you know version of Courier that, that people are looking for. I've had people who read scripts. I've had friends. have had people. I've had friends who read scripts for a living. And when you do a lot of that, you know, like in the producers, remember where you got the big pile of scripts laying on the couch? And you, a lot of people, once you have to read like 50 scripts, you start having these heuristics that you chunk on pretty hard. Like if it's on colored paper, you don't even open it up. Don't want to be ping pong. But if you get colored paper, for example, you get something cute. Somebody's done it in papyrus. Mm-hmm. You don't set in papyrus. You don't, even, you don't even look past the first page. If you have everything perfect, maybe somebody will read three to five pages maybe. to see, you know, minute per page or whatever. But anyway, long story short, uh, I really like it. I think it's great if you do anything with screenplays. Uh, with the help of my friend Dan, well, actually Dan Sturm did all the heavy lifting. Um, he took the transcript for Too Young uh, episode of mm. Adventure and turned it into a proper screenplay. Wow. This is the kind of thing that, that people like us do. So you can get it at slugline.ca. Have a look. There's a there's a real revolution going on with Markdown right now that I'm personally very excited about. You know, uh, led obviously by people like uh, like Brett Terpstra. At all. people <laughs> Making uh, life so much easier for all of us. He's great, that guy. He never <laughs> That guy never stops. He's tireless. You know, he has dogs. Does he have dogs? Is he married? Mm, you know, you'd have to ask him.
1: All right, I'll give him a call.
0: He's a good man. He used to be in a punk band. Like a ska punk band or something. No kidding. He's a tough guy, you know. You don't want to mess with that Terpster. I didn't know that. He lives in a very cold climate. And so camping, text expander, dog buns. Yeah. I don't know about the topic, Dan. It's pretty, it's pretty screwy. It's pretty screwy. But I thought it might be fun to talk about. Uh, talk about the Dark night. What do you want to talk about?
1: Well, I mean, you said you had a whole thing, and I figure you've got cards. What's on the cards?
0: Well, no, I mean, it's... You've got to have
1: some written on the cards. I'm um, embarrassed to even talk about
0: this in at least two or three ways. Um, I'm embarrassed because it's, very, uh, it's a very silly idea, this unified field theory of creativity. It's something that's useful to me as a model for thinking about stuff, but it's kind of silly and Byzantine, uh-huh. by which I mean very silly and very Byzantine. It's also heavily cobbled together from other people's work. But also, I feel kind of silly as somebody who doesn't produce that, that much stuff that makes you go, wow, to be sitting here talking about creativity. I mean, that's the worst. You know what I mean? I Those do. who can't teach kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And that's not true. But I mean, gym coaches, come on. Um, but I thought I'd talk about this and uh, maybe go at it from a couple angles. Because I think, you know, and, and, you know, just in passing, we mentioned this, we've talked about <clears throat> this one dude. In his work, I think back in episode 62, Cultural Molasses. Topic: Karma sucks, no sayers, and black and white thinking. Dana Merlin consider the karma sucks in black and white thinking that lead to inertia and a culture of derision. Uh, anyone can launch an agenda. D to deedly, D. Could we potentially talk about this? Yes. I'll try to keep it interesting. Um, I think. Um, a lot of, uh, some people really disagree on this, which I, I do respect, but I, I think you could think of a lot of work as being creative work. Um, just in the sense that creativity at the heart of it, at least to me, is taking two things that may seem completely unrelated and finding a way in which those two things relate <clears throat> in a way that creates a kind of gestalt where like it's the whole nature of like, like how a joke works. A joke works because there's a premise, and then the punchline is something usually that's surprising that makes you laugh. It, you know, as this is kind of an Arthur Kessler thing, but you know, when you laugh at a punchline, it's breaking the tension in some ways. And but that's what to me that's what creativity is in, in some ways. I mean, I know that's a very that's a very reductive way to look at it, but if you even if you were an excellent illustrator, if you kept drawing. Uh, the same silver bell in exactly the same way over and over, you, 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 you might be an illustrator, but you may not necessarily be an artist. There's something that hasn't evolved beyond that. And I, and I think on the other end of the, or in, I guess on a similar part of the continuum, I think people get frustrated trying to do creative work because they don't have a, a general framework, either a framework to get started or enough experience to know how to stick with it or write themselves when they feel like things aren't going well, mm. you know what I mean like okay, for example, like let's say you really want like I, I would really this is so stupid, but I would really like in the abstract to, to write a comic at some point. I could never illustrate it but <clears throat> or pencil it, but i, I that's something i 'd really like to do. The thing is I, I like comics a lot, but i have hardly I have no history with it. I know very little extremely little about the people who've done it well in the past and I have no experience in actually trying it. <clears throat> you talk to most people who write and illustrate comics, they've been doing it since they were little kids. They've been drawing comics since they were really little. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when you're starting out with something that's a little bit that you have a an itch to do but haven't had any experience with, I think it's hard to get over that hump of sucking at it. We've talked about this a lot. But And I think, you know, for people who do a certain kind of job over and over, they know to expect those kinds of things. Like if you're a contractor in San Francisco, like you could not be a contractor in San Francisco if you weren't savvy about what a pain in the butt it is to do things like get permits. Know who you have to bribe with
1: all due respect. Yeah, you know, that's how it works.
0: But like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but if you started, if you went into that trade, and you were in that trade for five years and still found that so frustrating and impossible to do that you couldn't do what everybody else in that field was doing, you kind of wouldn't be a successful contractor probably. And by the same token, if you were a writer who was constantly frustrated by the idea of writer's block, well then, you know, maybe writing's not for you. If you're somebody who considers the in the old cliche of, of, of mine, if you're somebody who regards themselves as an athlete or a runner, but you're not actually hitting the road on a regular basis you're more of a theoretical runner so you know what is it what is it that helps us to get started with things and then what is it that keeps us in motion with things and what is it that helps us do something long enough along the lines of running you might you might be able to run a block the first day you go out you may realize you're running wrong you may realize you got the wrong shoes you may you know what i mean like you may realize that as you do it more that there are ways to improve it but i think it's helpful for people who are starting out with something, or who are interested in a way to think about how they work or to troubleshoot, um, I think people look for those th- kinds of things. And you certainly must see this in programming. It's very—I fr- found yeah. it very frustrating to try and get started. Like I've tried to learn a little Python. I've tried to learn, uh, a, you know, a little Rails and Ruby in particular in the past. But even stuff like I've told you before, my my process for PHP was like keep reloading the page until it didn't break. Mm-hmm. I never got development in my bones in a way where I could just understood where it seems to me like you have done it so much, so many times. And you meet people who like, who, who C in college and now they can just pick up anything like in a weekend. Did, and now you've worked with people, you've like, I guess, managed people who have to do that kind of stuff. Do you see any patterns like that? In well, I think things? the
1: patterns are there. I used to be much, oh, I, I never was a developer the way that and i don't know if this is just a flaw i don't want to derail what you're saying i don't know if this is a, a flaw in my uh, in in my character that i was never content to write code 8 hours a day every day as as like a career it was always something i enjoyed doing but i was able to always always pick up a new programming language and i really i still can pretty quickly and pretty easily i've never been a great programmer i mean you know no not everybody can be marco but it's, it's always fun for me to learn, you know, to learn a new language and I can still do it. Like I can still, you know, just pick up a new language in a very short period of time, but I don't have the, I think the, whatever it is that it takes to be a great programmer and to be someone who just loves doing it. And like, whenever I hear somebody, like I remember I used to have an old boss, um, who was, uh, he was a manager and he was a fairly good manager of a small team of, of very good software developers. And I was one of the, maybe not great software developers on the team, and he always used to complain. So I have to, you know, be in a management meeting and we have to talk about strategy and we have to talk about product. And man, I wish I just miss writing code. I just want to be writing code. He didn't like the fact that he was a manager. I think we've talked about this.
0: Mm-hmm. Like when you and, have to, you go from being a practitioner who gets into it for a certain kind of skill that you've got or something you have a, have a, that you're just good at, but yeah. then you end up... If you want any longevity in a lot of places, you've got to become a manager. If you want to make more dough, you can't... There are places that'll do this, supposedly Google does this, but aren't, there aren't that many places where you get to just be a high-level practitioner right. without having to have direct reports.
1: Yeah, and he had gotten to the point where he wasn't writing code really at all anymore, and this pained him. Every day it pained him because he, he wanted to be writing the code. And I always used to think, man... I. Like, I wouldn't miss this. if I I could write code if I felt like it once in a while, even just for something fun. And I don't know. Like, there is – I know this is not what you were planning on talking about, but – Well, let's go that way instead. (laughs) uh, Well, no. I mean, we don't have to. But it's – you know, for me, it's the patterns that you were talking about I definitely see in there. And to this day, you know, I still enjoy a little bit of programming here and there, but I don't enjoy it the way that – okay, here's a great story. May I tell you? Yeah. I had – and this is a secondhand story, but it's still a great story. There was a friend of mine, a very good friend and, and my next-door neighbor for a number of years who was an architect. And he worked in his architect firm and they were always bringing in new architects, I think, because the turnover, it's like McDonald's. Uh, if you're an architect, like the people just come and go and quit and leave. I don't know why. But that's the world of architecture. So one of the new architects that had come in, I guess he had just come out of school, was um, was a guy who uh, – you know. Did a really good job, and 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 turns out that the guy uh, was from a long line of jewelers, and that his dad had had been a jeweler, and this this guy who was a young, you know, he was in his maybe early mid twenties. Uh, was, you know, could, could do um, a relatively amazing things with jewelry, whether, whether it was making custom jewelry or doing jewelry repairs. And I remember he was out with, I knew the guy, but I didn't, I wasn't there for the story. So he was out with my next door neighbor one time and they, I guess they were heading somewhere and he got a call and he said, oh, listen, do you mind if we swing by my dad's store? I've got to help him out with something really quick. And he said, oh, you know, no problem. He says, what are you going to do? He says, oh, I just got to do a couple quick repairs on, on some jewelry. And my friend Dave is like, oh my God, this, I'm going to be here all night. And he said that he walked in, he went to the back of this jewelry store where there's, you know, you can imagine what the back of a jewelry store looks like. There's just tons of tools and things everywhere. And he went to this little desk and he sat down and on the desk was like five or six little envelopes. And in each envelope would be a piece of jewelry that would have something broken that he had to fix. It might be a diamond ring that had, you know, the setting had busted. It might be a chain that had a broken link or whatever. And he said that he watched, he watched his friend sit down and his friend went into this zone, went into this mode where he said it was this casual concentration that he was doing something that was so part of his nature. It didn't, it was not, it was interesting, but not necessarily challenging. It was just something he went into this mode and he was doing it. I would think the way that. You know, somebody who gets in a car and drives, you don't really think about, oh, I've got to put on my seatbelt. I got to put the key in the thing and turn it and press the gas and do the clutch and whatever. You just start driving. It was like that. And he said he watched this guy do six repairs on what was very, in some cases, very valuable jewelry. And it didn't, it was just, he just sat down and did it and welded the little things and put the things back together, and drop in the envelope next. And he said it took him five, seven minutes to do this kind of work. And then he put the things in there and they walked out and went wherever they were going. And that's that's so amazing to watch. It is so, I wish I could have seen this, but what's fascinating to me isn't that what's fascinating to me is this was not interesting to him. This was not (laughs) what he wanted to be doing. What he wanted to be doing was being an architect, even though he probably could make a lot more running this jewelry store. I mean, there's a lot of money in that, but that was just not what was interesting. Instead, it was more interesting to him to struggle to be a decent architect than to be an outstanding jeweler. Right. It's weird. Well, <clears throat> that's it.
0: That's I really know this is ch- exactly what you wanted to talk about. Well, it's better than what I had. The, um, I think, <laughs> I think it's, I, I'm very, very interested in that stuff. And you know, a bunch of examples come to mind, <laughs> one of which is me trying to set up a tent in a parking lot. And I watch people around me with, um, we have a pretty deluxe tent. It's, it's really, really asinine. Um, but you know, I, I thought I knew what I was doing. I had done it before. As I said, we had it set up in the bedroom last week, but it just, it took me like an hour. And there are other people, there are people who are like, like, you know, setting up and breaking down all around me, setting up and breaking down much more difficult looking tents. Like in the time that I I look and I look back and it's gone. And, you know, um, I have to guess that that's maybe that's because they're just smarter than me, but I think it's mainly because they've done it a lot. And so if you're traveling and you have to set that up a lot, mm-hmm. like to me, that looks like magic. This is part of the whole expertise thing that personally fascinates me. Other examples, riding a bike. Like, <clears throat> you know, like a little kid, like my toddler can see somebody riding a bike and go, I know how to do that. But then once she gets on a bike, it's not as easy as it looks. Right. But, and so anything, you know, it's whatever, like sufficiently advanced technology is, you know, indistinguishable from riding a bike.
1: That's right. I think or, that is the same.
0: Or think about getting good at brushing your teeth. Like you learn like the basics of like how to put this wet thing with paste in your mouth and move it around. But then you might learn, oh, you know, you should do at least, you know, 30 seconds per quadrant and all these different things. And like when I was a little kid, they taught you how to go shaka 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 just left, right? Like, no, you should really go in circles. Sounds silly, but even something like that, you can you can get better at. Um, you know, it, you have to learn how to poop. Kids do not come out of, of the uh, chamber like knowing how to go sit down and deal with their business. And it's very intimidating. I think, I think whether it's brushing te- teeth or pooping or, or, or breaking down a tent, I think there's a similarity in all of them, which is that there's this expertise about something that seems very far away from us. And in the case of uh, making coffee, my gosh, I mean, when, now you can do it in your sleep. We often do because that's what we need to wake up. Mm -hmm. But in any of those cases, you know, apropos of, of your friend's friend, I mean, I wonder if, you know, there are probably like emotional reasons, like he wouldn't want to get wound up in the family business. It wasn't his own aspiration. I mean, who, who knows, but it was, it does seem weird when people, when you like from us as outsiders watching somebody who's great at something, who's so great at something. Like watching somebody who can like put a, ch- like a, when the chain pops off your bike, like watching somebody who can do that in like a second, yeah. like always blows my mind. That's a, that's a weekend for me trying to get a chain back on a bike. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like you watch somebody who like can instantly like are, are, oh, there's so many things that I, I don't even want to get into it, but you know, like, like the idea of like fixing a watch or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like,
1: um, and I those, don't know. Those 21 jewels in your watch. They're not, they're, they're usually not real. You ever count them all? I counted them up once, but you know. see, I don't even understand how a jewel would make time work.
0: Are they uh, are they chaos crystals? Is that how it works? Uh Did I just make a video game joke.
1: I don't I think you have. I should have said hex spells. Um Yeah, the red one always falls the same. Hmm. Now is that uh That'll come that, back uh, to you. Give it time. Red one. I don't want to ruin it for you. It's either Tetris or the Hedgehog. No, it makes it, you know, you think jewels, you think rubies, you think red, you think the red one, red one always falls I the switching. same. Hmm. Okay. Eight, I'm eighty- going to pray on that. 82. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I need the primer. <laughs> is that in there? Is it in there? I don't know what that is. This is why it should be a wiki. Oh my gosh. Um... I don't know where to go with this
0: because I, I mean, like we talked about expertise a lot on here. And how do you how
1: do you go to that kind of skill? How many times does it take to do something to make it a skill? Well, like you can do it without thinking about it.
0: I don't know. I I I had always liked that cliche that it takes three weeks to build a habit, but I've had numerous people go all turns out on me and say that that's not the case. But I think you could do worse in life than sticking with something every day for three weeks. Um, And again, I don't have any data on this, but you know, there's one thing. Okay. So, so there, there may be things in life. There may be moments like we were watching hunger games last night. Like there may be moments where, I don't know, maybe you just grab a bow and arrow for the first time and you, you shoot it right into the heart or whatever. I don't think that's how it works. Um, you know, there may be people who can just pick up a basketball and like throw it from the 50 yard line and make a home run. Like, I don't know. Like maybe there are people who just have that kind of natural thing. I bet with physical things, athletic things, that's true. It helps to be tall. It helps to be good. But I mean, I, the expertise part of all this to me comes out of doing it over and over for a couple of reasons, you know, um, like I, I've just started doing these these exercises for for this nerve thing. Okay, no, how, what's the status of it? I don't please, talk about, please, no, people are going to tell me to
1: go to the doctor. All right, but it's it's helping a
0: little bit. It you really can't, is.
1: You can't bring it up for like two or three episodes in a row and then not be. Oh, well, I don't want to talk about it. I think I'm getting good at it because I'm doing it so much. The exercise or not talking about it. Mm, which one am I? Middle but, one.
0: But um, but but like what? I don't know. It's 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 it sounds so obvious until you find yourself frustrated, and when you find yourself frustrated. It's worth the reason I like the idea of a framework, which we can totally skip, is is just the idea that you need, you may need training wheels to get started with something, and that those training wheels can come in from all kinds of places. Uh, training wheels could be, in the best of cases, there is a sympathetic mentor who has mentored lots of other people, like a good manager, somebody who knows how to help someone along, and not only understands what they are doing they not only understand the field or the problems of that field very well, but they also know the problems of people trying to learn how to deal with those problems, which is not nearly as recursive as, as it sounds. You, you get some, if you're a good coach, like if you're a good manager, like, yeah, you understand, you can hit fungos all day long and you just do it in your sleep. Like, and and you know how to show people how to like, you know, watch for the force out. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you know, the, at this point, the, uh, what is it? The infield fly rule could be in effect. And you know, all these ins and outs of stuff, but you also know how to say to somebody who could be a really good hitter that, you know, you're whatever you're, you're swinging a little bit early or you're keeping your arm is in the wrong place here, or you're leaning this wrong way. Like if you ever had a yoga class, they're like touching you the whole time trying to fix your yogas. You know, somebody who knows how to like just give you the right amount of spotting at something and the right amount of just a little. And I've heard this is super true with golf. By the way, I just I I literally could not care less about golf. But it, it is fascinating to me as an intellectual endeavor because it seems really silly to me to pay that much money to go walk around and be frustrated all Saturday. But 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 I mean, in golf, like you can practice and practice and practice a lot. And, and you will get better the more that you play. But you can also have these really terrible days where if you haven't done it long enough, you get really off your game. I mean, if you've ever been playing in a sport or a game and you start a little like gambling, or you start chasing your money, you get a little bit behind. You know what I mean? Like if you start sucking in a yeah. given day, you might suck for the rest of the day because you, you're you not a pro. You're, you're not the kind of person. Like again, I they I They know how admire. to shake it
1: off and, and turn things around mid-stride. Mid
0: yes, and it's why even though I don't, I'm not a fan of the bases ball. It's why I've always really admired like Mariano Rivera and i watching that guy get up there in the freaking world series with all of the pressure on him. And you can just, he's obviously a very capable pitcher, but he's also just like so steely eyed, like nothing would perturb that guy. He might throw, he might throw just a whole, he might strike out a whole bunch of people and then somebody hits a home run and he, but he keeps throwing great every time because he knows it's his job to throw a great pitch that that person's not going to be able to hit. It doesn't mean that, like, oh, that guy hit a home run and now I have to be a sad sack. Mm-hmm. And I mean, how many of us are like that though, where we get frustrated? I see, it, I see it in my daughter. Where like we got this book about how to draw Marvel comics, and I can't, I can't even draw a circle. Oh, or something. No, isn't that frustrating? You can draw the thing mostly with circles, which encourages me. Kingpin, almost all circles. Don't work ping pong, but. <laughs> uh, but it's very frustrating to her, and then she she should see this sentinel. I, I drew this for the beginning of a pretty good sentinel, and then she took over and it looks like fat Albert with a helmet. you know arms are just little <laughs> sticks, but then she gets frustrated and goes to something else, and I'm like well no let's just let's just stick with it a little more and and the funny part is like in that case you know uh, it's a really neat little book because it, it, it's it starts out by assuming you know absolutely nothing about drawing, which is accurate for me um and it just shows you you know hey the the, the basic thing they teach you right is that you can make. Fairly complex shapes out of very basic shapes. Like if you learn how to draw a circle, and you learn how to draw like a, um, you know, uh, like a, a square and a rectangle, and you learn how to draw a a cone, like you can make a whole lot of stuff, like a sketch for a whole lot of things out of that. Mm-hmm. And so we started with the circle, and I, I draw really crappy circles. It's really hard to draw a circle, I think. But and and her first circle sucked. It didn't even connect up. And I was like, try another one. And she drew another one. Still wasn't great. And I was like, try this. I was like, really? Like, without thinking too much, you know, draw five. Try and draw five. And she got frustrated after three. But the third, that in that set, like the third one looked a lot better than the first one. Mm-hmm. But if you just give up every time you have a crappy circle, you're never going to make the thing, you know? And, and <laughs> literally, Ben Grimm. Um, and I think that's, maybe we should come back next week to talk about all the junk about this uh, framework idea. But, I guess what I'm saying is that there's a very fine line in my experience personally, but also in like what I see in other people, there's this fine line between looking for the training wheels and tricks and hacks and heuristics that get or keep you in motion versus assuming that a a steady diet of those kinds of things are going to help you become any more than just a novice. A very very well trodden path here, but I think it's worth repeating. the The difficult part is that it, it takes this really weird mix of doing something over and over, but also understanding that quote unquote failure is 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 not just like a fact of life, but it's part of the process. It's something I wish I had learned mm-hmm. a few years ago that that having a bad day or having a bad whatever is part of the process, and it, it's what separates the amateurs from the pros. Mm. It's just that, I mean, the ironic part is, like, you know, amateurs have a lot of bad days because they're amateurs. Pros have fewer bad days because they're pros. <laughs> they know, and the pro part just means that they do it because that's what they do. And they, if you, in the case of writing, it could be, again, like Stephen King. I can always recommend his book on writing. I think it's easily one of the best books about writing I've ever read. Um, and, and very moving, too. But. You know, in his case, like he would sit down, like even when he was drinking a case of beer a day, he would sit down and just write 3000 words every day, which makes me so angry. Like he, cause that's what he did. You sit down, you know, like he wrote Carrie, like at this little typing desk, like under a staircase, his first book that got, you know, any uh, attention and success. Um, But I mean, up until then, he'd mostly been writing crap for men's magazines. And you know what I mean by men's magazines. No, I sure do. I mean, I think he, he 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 was lucky to get a get a get a shorty and a hustler, you know, but uh, but but he kept at it and he got better and better at it. Um, and so, I don't know. I guess I guess the, the, there was a lot of fine lines to this stuff, but those lines become much less fine. They became become much clearer and bolder when you realize that the expertise that comes out of doing something repeatedly will show you. Like like, like I like you know again to just beat this to death for the millionth time. Like with running. And running and drawing are two that are really are applicable to me because there are two things that I end up trying to get back into. You know, but by running, I just mean, you know, like jogging or oh, whatever. Right, right. My wife does not jog, by the way. <laughs> it's for amateurs. That's for like rollerbladers and people who drink Folgers coffee. She's, she's a runner. But um, I get frustrated because I go out and I buy all the gear. I get the stuff. You know, I might buy a book on life drawing. I might buy some new running shoes. And then I get frustrated and like just at the point where I might be close enough to like making something that looks like something I give up because I'm frustrated. I haven't done it enough and I haven't cared about doing it enough that I I learn and accept what I now know about many other things. Like just like brushing teeth or pooping, like I've done that enough that I'm pretty good at it now and I don't have to think about it a lot. Um and that's but the problem is you it's it's so frustrating and I I hate to repeat myself this often, but it's so frustrating because it is so absolutely true that the things that stymie us and make us procrastinate are just things where we've built up a big a big thing because we haven't done it before. Can I can I briefly walk through this this one thing? I I won't get into the entire field theory, but I'd like to repeat a little bit of something we talked about once before because I think it's a very interesting idea. Yeah, definitely. Um I Mm, I don't know. uh, There's a book that I read in college that I thought was very interesting. A kind of silly, but but I thought very good book um, by this guy. uh, I think he's based down in Menlo Park. um, A guy named um, Roger Van Eck, who's still around and doing stuff. And he's a consultant guy. And he writes a lot about creativity in a business context. And you know, to be honest, some of it's a little bit, a little bit silly, but it's very sticky. Like when you read his stuff, you really get it. He's like got that Seth Godin quality of of taking ideas that you know, let's be honest, in many cases are, are adapted from other places and repackaging it as something that you can really grok. And I think he's great at this. And so he had this book in 1986 called "A Kick in the Seat of the Pants." Mm. Uh, he did also did a whack on the side of the head, which I think was the first one that I saw, if memory serves. But, um. But a, a bit so a kick in the seat of the pants, Colin. Using your explorer, artist, judge, and warrior to become to be more creative. Do you remember talking about this before? Yeah, a little bit. What episode was it? Sixty-two it was a long time ago. Okay. But but he's got this model that, and I've done a little by research. I mean, I've googled this, but this is a model that goes back a pretty long way, and you can find many different versions of. But I, I found this really. I find this a really compelling model. Until you, as with Inbox Zero, until you've got a better system for understanding this, uh, I think this is a pretty good and interesting one. When you're trying to do anything creative, it's to me. It's first of all, it's critical to understand that you're going to work in certain kinds of modes, just like you would have meetings that represent different kinds of modes. Just as you have like parts of your personality that are appropriate in different contexts, right? Part of becoming a grown-up is understanding that, that some things are appropriate and work in some places and not others. There are some jokes that you would make with your your pals uh, you know, at the watering hole that you wouldn't make at grandma's funeral. Right. You'd seem like a psychopath. But like, do we always get that same idea in a creative process? Well, not really. I mean, again, if, if we think that all we have to do is buy a hat and a manual typewriter and, and we'll be Mickey Spillane, that's going to be frustrating because just sitting down and typing on the keys... May not be maybe some people can do it maybe it 's like that uh, woman or man who can hit the hit the shot from halfway across the court. But for most of us, it can be a re- really arduous process to get started and then keep with it long enough and The reason I like this guy 's model in in, uh, roger model in the roger Se- Vanek model and kick in the seat of the pants is that I, I think he really breaks breaks into four s- pretty smart, if slightly reductive, but very smart pieces. Uh, the four stages in general of creativity. Now, you know, email Dan about this if you disagree. This just works for me, and I'm just tossing this out. You can find a lot of other ways to think about this. But he says that you can think about a creative project, I guess, in terms of these four basic characters that you'll be playing. You'll you'll be playing an explorer, an artist, a judge, and a warrior, which sounds like characters in a Cormac McCarthy novel. But but. And each one of those four roles has a very different has a, each one of those four characters has an extremely different role that is um, complementary they're all complementary to each other but like any team they're also kind of like weirdly contradictory in some ways so and and his thesis I think is that if we don't understand that there is a process in general to creativity it's going to be difficult to be creative because we're either going to not uh, undertake each of these four characters in the right order, or we're going to get so obsessed with just one of these kinds of characters that we'll screw ourselves up. So here, in, in, in brief, explorer, artist, judge, and the warrior. So you get this one part that you call the explorer, and the explorer is somebody who just goes out and their only job, like you know, somebody who's in like an Indiana Jones character. It's just your job to go out and collect a bunch of stuff, right? You could think of this as research. Um, I think in any creative endeavor, we talked before with Shutterstock about keeping a light box full of cool photos. Like, right. I don't know why I put this photo in here. I just think it's cool. Twyla Tharp talks about this in her book, the, uh, the creative habit. Uh, you know, she just has this big box full of stuff that she throws stuff in that seems interesting. And if she's working on a project and something kind of, even in the earliest stages, especially in the earliest stages, she comes across something. It doesn't matter. <laughs> she's not, in other words, she's not choreographing a dance when she throws a 45 of be my baby into a box, all she knows is that's something interesting, something that interests her. So let's, let's, be, let's be super clear right here. It's not her job to decide what that's for yet. It's not her job to start, to, to start doing dance moves, unless that helps. It's not even maybe especially her job to decide whether that's even a smart idea. It's just her idea to collect. And that's what the explorer does. And I think you could think of exploring uh, in something like writing, you could think of it as outlining. You could think about it as doodling, but I like to think of it as just remembering that as a creative person, there's all kinds of stuff in the world that you can use, or if you like, that could inspire you. Some people keep idea boards or mood boards, but you could just write stuff down in a notebook. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's just a good line. I've got a whole text file full of good lines, like for a song or a poem or something. that I've, I have no idea where I would use this, but <laughs> I just write it down. I have a place where I know that I, that goes, and I put it there. And now this is a very important part of the process because there are three other characters that are going to come after this that are going to try to make something out of that. The artist and then the judge and then the warrior. And so just to get through these, then the artist is the person who takes whatever a bunch of raw materials, you know, whatever bunch of raw materials you have and tries to make something cool out of it. Right, You try to, again, Now, this is, this is the basic, basic creative act in the way most people think of it, which is taking these two, three, five unrelated things and figuring out how they relate to each other. You just fit them together like mental puzzle pieces. So the artist could be somebody who now sits down and takes that outline, for example, and turns it into uh, a rough draft. It could be somebody who takes a doodle and then makes that into a pencil drawing. That, or it could be, I guess it could be somebody who takes their pencil drawing and makes it into a sequential, uh, what do they call it, sequential art, mm-hmm. that makes it into a page. And you just see how it goes. But, but you're, you, know, you could at any point go back and explore some more if you want. But when you're in that artist mode, you understand that it's your job to completely just be free and freak out and, and make whatever junk you want to make to have the S-H-I-T-T-Y first draft, as Annie Lamott calls it. You like it when I
1: spell out bad words? I do. I'm talking Because no one can up. figure that out, what those are. <sighs> Am I talking too much? No, this is good. This is what they, I think the people tune in uh, for.
0: And, and thank you and so and, and when you're in that stage though like I say you can always jump back to the explore part at any time I think it's good to I don't want to say make yourself but to really create a condition where you stay in that artist artist mode for as long as seems necessary um, and see what you can come up with Um, and then when you get to a point where you think you might have something and this is where a lot of people I think differ or have different shades of you know understanding of this. But, um, well, one side note here, I would say that after you have made something, uh, you could jump right into deciding whether it's good or not. But again, playing off of people like Stephen King, if you've made something, whether it's a blog post or a drawing or something, you might want to go set it aside for a little while. You might want to just kind of go put that over here in this pile and then return to it after, mm-hmm. you know, a few days or, or even weeks. Well, gosh, what do I do? I, then what, what's my project going to be if I'm not drawing that? Well, go make something else. <laughs> How's that? Because <laughs> now you're making stuff over and over. Go back. While you're, while you're letting that kind of be over here in this field that's a little bit fallow right now, you could go back to more exploring and more artistic stuff, or you could jump into Judge and Warrior parts on other projects. Having these multiple projects means you're not obsessing over this one thing. This is hard when you're in crunch mode. If this is about Excel spreadsheets that are due tomorrow, you have less flexibility, but if you're trying to write, for example, Stephen King, uh, if I remember correctly, waits six weeks before he rereads his first draft of anything because really? he wants, yeah, yeah, he wants to kind of read it as a reader would. Now he's going to make all kinds of changes and go back and iterate through a whole bunch of these roles, I assume. But he wants time away from that, and which is why in my unified field theory, time becomes very important. Um, so anyway, once you're ready to decide whether to do something with it. Um, the judge comes along. And the judge is somebody who, with a fairly steely eye, looks at what you've made. This, the judge is really like the John Syracuse character. It's somebody who not just looks at this and goes, this is this is good or bad, this is great or it sucks. More importantly, the judge finds ways that this could be better. Or, you know, like the the, the skill that John's so great at, um, apart from flu shot uh, expertise, right. knowing knowing what it is about this that's just not where it needs to be. And it could be a very small thing. But, you know, at the end of the day, you could think of the judge as the person who gives the thumbs up or the thumbs down. And let me reiterate, I think in my model of this that I'm stealing from this guy, you can always jump back and should jump back at any point. If you're judging a piece of quote-unquote art that you've made and you think it's not up to snuff, You can always jump back one or two characters. You could say the judge says, "Mm, I don't think this is ready yet. Well, let's go back to our big box and see if there's anything else to explore in there. What itch do I get about this? The judge judge is creative too because the judge is telling you this could be better and maybe here's how that could be better. So just to contrast, it's the artist's job to just make something without regard to whether it's good. And the more you do that, the more you're going to let yourself just make stuff before you judge it. And then at any point, like I say, the artist could take another crack at it, the explorer, and so on. But you can iterate, and you should iterate. And the cycles on this stuff can be really small in some ways. Once you get good at it, you could take an idea, have a sketch, and then decide what to change about it in the course of a minute, mm-hmm. right? This doesn't have to be this this whole long process. And then finally to finish, once you have judged that this is a thing that is now ready to go to production, then you have what's called the warrior. And this is really important because the warrior uh, is somebody, it's not their job to go out and um, <laughs> like decide whether this is a good idea, the warrior follows orders. And so once you, the explorer and the artist and the judge have worked and the, you get the thumbs up, the warrior goes monkey balls making sure that that thing happens, that that thing ships. And the warrior is the person who makes you get through the final draft. It is the person who, um, without regard to any of the thinking that went before, makes sure that that thing gets implemented. It takes that courage, and it's that person. And this is the point where a lot of us fall down because we allow that judge to keep creeping back in at that point and say, oh, maybe I should go back to outlining, in which case now I'm back at the Explorer. If you're great at it, that might work. But if you've never finished one thing, then just finish this one crappy thing and then do another thing. But at least finish it, right? That's you know, a lot of things I haven't finished, but that's I think that's the way that you do it. And then, like I say, at any point, you can go back and probably should go back to any of these different phases. So the explorer goes out and just notices stuff in the world and collects it. The artist figures out what kind of thing could be made out of this and takes a crack at it. The judge helps you decide whether you're on the right track, whether it needs more work, or whether it should go on, and then the warrior makes it happen. And it's, it's the warrior part that, where we implement that, and then you got like a finished thing. And I don't know, there's something about that model that, that I find really um, encouraging. And, and one of the biggest reasons I find it encouraging is because when we talk about folks who are having trouble getting expertise, whether that's at repairing jewelry or pooping or <clears> remembering <throat> to brush their teeth, I think if you get those in the wrong order, you're never going to make anything cool. And you can already think of numerous examples of this. If you don't choose to go through this simplified model, explore artist, judge a warrior, well, where could you get that wrong? I'll tell you one that, uh, that I think happens a lot. Instead of explorer, artist, judge, and warrior, I think a lot of times we go explorer, judge, stop. We might even go judge, stop. Mm -hmm. That's all it takes. Again, the black and white thinking. If the judge gets into the process too early, you're never going to get to disappear into a mode where you're allowed to be wrong and weird and where you're going to be allowed to discover things that you didn't know you thought. Right. You're going to be allowed to make a thing you didn't know you could make. And th- th- again, this goes for programming too. Like if you're sitting there going, oh, does this suck? Well, stick with it long enough and then figure out how to refactor it later on. But if you, you know what I mean? If you just sit there and, and, and beat yourself up uh, over whether it's good yet, well, le- let me just, let me just uh, help you out here. It's not good yet. <laughs> it's not good yet. But like, that's why you need to wait till later in the process to decide whether it's good. It's not appropriate. You know what I mean? You're going to have to fall off that bike a whole bunch of times mm. before you become some other famous biking person, <laughs> Greg Luganus, I guess. Okay. But, um, and you know, and then on the other hand, how many places have you worked where the warrior is the first person who gets to talk? Mm-hmm. You go straight to implementation. Like, somebody raises their hand, and, Sir, and like so somebody's going to be there to either <laughs> kibosh the whole thing or to talk about, about how they want to jump right into implementing it before you figure out whether it's even a good idea. So, I don't know. This, that was really, really long. I right? like that. That's a people isn't that, tune in for. Isn't that, isn't that kind of an interesting model explorer? It's very Interesting warrior. And I'm not, I'm not married to it. And again, email Dan, but there are many other versions of this out there. It's an idea that's been around for a long time. But the thing I, I hope you can take away from this listeners is that if you, if you haven't gotten to the point where your art is as good as your poop, then it could be that you haven't found a structure that lets you forgive yourself for the suckiness or that lets you forgive yourself for doing incredibly embarrassing things you would never show to anybody. But like, if you don't let yourself move through that explorer and that artist phase in that order before the judge ever gets a crack at it, it's it's not going to be interesting. I mean, think about like science fiction. Like, If you sat there and tried to make science, like speculative, speculative fiction, if you tried to come up with these really, really, you start out with something incredibly outlandish. Mm-hmm. And then you could go, well, oh, that's kind of already been done. And then you stop it. Well, if you'd stuck with it a little longer, you might find an angle that other people had not thought of. And if it is an angle that somebody else has thought of, well, why don't you just keep at it, and then you might find another angle. It might really surprise you. But if you've gotten yourself, it's again, it's like it's like the muscles that you choose to develop. If you've gotten in yourself into the habit of thinking, I, 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 suck all the time. Well, you're gonna the first thing you're always gonna look for is the thing that sucks. Instead of going, I'm gonna relax. I'm gonna just unclench a little oh, bit. Right. Right. And so that might be enough on that. But I, I think. Uh, it's an interesting book. I mean, you can also, some of the stuff in show notes, you can see um, some of these ideas. And like I say, I think he still consults and talks and stuff about this. But, um, And then, you know, just one other part of my little diagram idea. And there, there's a lot more to this unified field theory that's not very interesting. But another thing that I picked up, I think I got this from Twyla Thorpe, but lots of people have talked about this. Stephen King has talked about this. I'm really interested in, at each one of these stages, when it's appropriate... To zoom way in or pull way out. Um, And uh, at the risk of showing how little I understand about photography, again, to me, it's like the difference between a fisheye lens and like a macro lens, Mm. right? Like we we could look mostly through a 50-ish lens and see mostly what the human eye sees. But there's sometimes where we want to see an extraordinary amount of detail, understanding that what we're giving away is not seeing everything else in context. And at the same time, you want to sometimes be able to pull way back to where you're willing to accept a certain amount of distortion in the image to be able to see it all. And what are examples of that? If you're in the Explorer mode, um, you need to sometimes start out by pulling way, way, way back. And Mm -hmm. I think this differs from judging. But if you start out and you say, I'm just going to go collect stuff and pull way, way back, well, you know what? Collection becomes a way of life. I mean, you don't want to turn into a hoarder. But if you keep finding stuff that's interesting and you put that into Evernote, you put that into a text file, you put it into your whatever notes on your phone, you're going to First of all, become a different person because now you're not just a frustrated artist. You're somebody who's out there collecting stuff that, that, that interests you. Um, I think that's a great habit to start. Um, but sometimes you also then need to zoom in a little bit. Like, let's say you're researching, you're just Googling. Well, if you just Google all day long, eh, you know, at a certain point you do need to start moving into the artist phase or you need to move into like an organizing phase. But let's say you start out really broad And you say, I want to write a science fiction novel about a dystopian future. And so you may go to Wikipedia and look up every dystopian, you know, the best dystopian novels of the last 200 years or whatever. And then at a certain point, you might go, hmm, you know, I'm really interested in the idea of a dystopia based on a different version of discrimination. Like, how do you get to something like uh, House of M or how do you get to something like days of future past well you know you get there by inverting ideas and playing with them so you might want to zoom way in and when you get close enough to understanding like the general general like genre you want and what's been done you might jump into like a little bit of quick drafting or outlining outlining again outlining to me is a pulling way back kind of thing it's looking at general structure but sometimes you need to zoom way in and just make one paragraph you might and you know it doesn't have to be the first paragraph i don't know if this is making sense but i think great well, cause, this
1: is what people tune in for Merlin
0: ah, you, you're nice to say that mm. but uh, you know that camera lens analogy is really powerful for me because it first of all accepting that there's going to be either loss or distortion no matter how you look at something I mean first of all even if you look at it through that 50 millimeter, whatever whatever is the human eye lens I think 50 is pretty close depending on your uh, anyway <laughs> um, that's one way of seeing things but, you're, you know, you uh, if you take all your photos with, uh, with a 50 millimeter lens, uh, it's going to be difficult to get lots of stuff in the frame all the time. Um, it's going to be, uh, you know, you understand where I'm going with that. I do. And, and I think it can be true at the judging level, too. Like, the judge might pull way back and go, you know what? This is a pretty good structure. This works as a thing. But I'm going to zoom way in on this one section, on this one scene, on this one thing. Where the character is doing something very different than they were doing at the beginning, and I'm not really sure why they're doing that. You might want to, and then which which might then make you look less at the structure and look more at that character, and you may realize that character is actually two characters, or you realize that character doesn't need to be there. But you shouldn't be thinking about that when you're just out collecting scraps. You should do that at the point where you've got enough to work with. And then again with the warrior, the steely eyed, like almost like the project manager the whipcracker, like that's somebody who's going to have to go zoom in and out too. You have to zoom as a project manager, for example, you have to zoom way out to look at things like budget, look at things like timeline, look at things like, you know, uh, dependencies. But then sometimes you also have to zoom way, way, way in. And you have to have like a one-on-one with somebody about this one aspect that's hurting the dependencies and, you know, for the Gantt chart to move forward. And that's why I made that drawing. I think the other thing to think about in all of this is what I like to think of as time and attention. Like when do you choose to very loosely apply attention to a bunch of stuff to gather? And then when do you apply time to take the things you've been gathering attention about and make them into things? And that's kind of the oscillation that I think leads to the magic. Not for everybody. Cause like once you get good at this, you're not going to have to think about the mechanics of riding a bike or pooping. Like you're going to get to the point where there's no, there's no, you don't need training wheels anymore. Like you don't need a little kitty seat anymore. Like you're just going to know how to do this. But until you do I think it's worth at least accepting that there are modes that can help you. And that one reason you may not be progressing as well or as quickly as you like, well, first of all, maybe you're never going to progress quickly. Maybe you just need to pro- progress well. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when you progress well, you will eventually maybe start to pick up steam. But, you know, if you just show up the first day of Boy Scouts and want to know where all your merit badges are, that's going to end up being frustrating because there are rules, yeah. right? This is not nam. So anyway, until you've got a better system, I think that's a that's a pretty good one to think about. It's a it's a fun book. It's a good read. And if I can go back and notes, I'll try to find. I found a really good thing on the web around the time of that other episode that shows, you know, kind of the history and the literary substrata of this model. And I, you know, I think some people could argue that this goes back to Aristotle in some ways. Everything goes back to Aristotle. That's um, no, just because he said it first. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, you know what? You're right. That guy gets a that guy gets a uh, gets a break a lot, but um, I don't know if that's probably enough for today.
1: What it's do you lot. think about It's all- a lot for today.
0: I talked a lot, but
1: I think people get I think people get this frustrated. is heavy stuff. This is the great stuff. This is this is what I want to hear. Yeah, you think this could be episode seven and a half? This is seven point eight.
0: You know, there's a new um, there's a new version of eight and a half that's actually really they've cleaned it up. And oh, really? it has a really, it's a criterion of eight and a half that I thought that's, uh, it's got, and it's got a great commentary track. Do you enjoy the Fellini? I, yes, I do. The problem with Fellini is the problem with most movies like that. I've told you there's morning Merlin and there's nighttime Merlin. Yeah. Like, morning Merlin, like, like adds Truffaut films to the uh, queue. And then and nighttime Merlin, uh, like just wants to watch Blade Runner again. <laughs> right. I don't want to read a subtitle. Um, yeah. I think people get, I think we all get hung up on this stuff because we we want something that ends up being very abstract because we don't even always understand what it is that we want yet. We know we, we want to feel competent. Maybe we even know that like we want to make a certain kind of program or we know we want to be famous or we want to be any of those things. But until you really start getting your hands dirty working on it, you can't really understand the kind of problems that people face in that domain. You can't discover that all important thing of knowing which is the good question to ask versus which is the one that you think you need to keep asking. And in the case of your architect friend of friend, maybe that's somebody who just realized that they want the more interesting problem of having to excel in this thing that gets to be their own. Right. Even though I'd love to be able to untangle a chain.
1: I can't do that. I don't know how they do that. I don't either. It's
0: a gift. (sighs) You ever wanted to do like a super creative thing? Like a total, like an art. You ever want to like make like art? When I was younger, I did. Did you ever do creative writing? I, you know, obviously you did. You must have
1: done some in your writing. Tr- More like, creative writing than any actual writing. Yeah. Like fiction. Fiction. Yeah. You wrote fiction. Mostly. Yeah. Exclusively. God. Stand-up comedy and fiction. I didn't say uh, it was getting good.
0: Ah, uh, but still, it's you got to be brave. I feel like I could. I. I would love to take improv classes because I think I could with a little structure and teamwork. I think I could probably get okay at it, but like I'm terrified by stand-up comedy and fiction. It's the two things that like the idea of writing fiction, you know, that, that limitless canvas. All you need to
1: have for your bravery, Merlin is to, you need to be, you need to, it's not bravery. It's just willingness to be, willingness to think that something you have is worth paying attention to. (laughs) That is good. I think that's why people tune in. I don't know
0: that and for the amco one step corn kerneler
1: we gotta send those to our listeners three and a half stars you ever thought about that send something to the listeners It'll do a little something a little something little something for the people yeah give back a little bit
0: hi less selfish <laughs> thank you for thank you for your patronage on our program can i ask you a question have you ever one stepped your corn kerneler before you answer you want to button this up yes let's okay i love you love you too merlin man